voice, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. You shine your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. people to stand on up. Waiting for the 
day when I am a soul on fire. Till I am a soul on fire. Lord, let me burn for you again. Let me return to you again. I'm running for your heart Till I am a soul on fire Lord, I'm longing for your way I'm waiting for the day When I am a soul on fire God, I'm running for your heart I'm running for your heart Till I am a soul on fire Till I am a soul on fire all right you ready to worship loud today right let's try it again let's do it you ready all right it's still lame but you're gonna do it okay and kingdoms will bow down and every chain will break as broken hearts declare his praise for who can stop the Lord Almighty our God is the lion the lion of Judah he's roaring with power and fighting our battles Every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before him. So open up the gate, make way before the King of Kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks 
of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Oh 
Lord God, you are worthy and we praise you and we thank you for your presence here today. God, we just pray that whatever reason we're here, it's because you want to meet with us, you want to speak to us, you want to draw us closer. And so God, um, today just uh, do a mighty work, not only in this room, but with our children and your Sunday school. Lord, right now, we continue to remain standing in this attitude of worship and we give back to you. For those who are visiting today, this is not for you. You're our guest. We thank God for you being here. Um, but for, for all of us, for the tither and the giver, for those who are giving out of the many blessings you've given to us, God, we give you thanks. And, um, and we just pray that you'll just send your anointing upon these gifts. And more importantly, God, that you'll send your Holy Spirit just to continue to have us connect to you in this worship. For where two or three are gathered, that you inhabit our praise. And so, God, inhabit this place right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are my joy, you are my song, you are the world, the one I'm drawing from. You are my refuge, my whole life long, and where else would I go? Surely my God is strength of my soul. Your love defends me, your love defends me, and when I feel like I'm all alone, your love defends me, your love defends me, yeah. Day after day, Night after night, I will remember you're with me in this fight. Although the battle rages on, the war is already won. Yo 
Amen. All right, everyone, at this time, our kids can head to our Haven Kids Ministry and everybody else. Say hello to somebody. Say, good seeing you in church today. from Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. All right, short, sweet, and to the point today, right? Okay, good. How is everybody today? Awesome, awesome. Good to see you. You enjoying the little chill in the air? Boy, did it change after Halloween, didn't it? It got crazy. So, all right. Well, a um, couple things here. We just want to welcome everybody once again here. We're going to go ahead and lift up our prayers. As we're in this attitude of worship, we want to lift them up before the Lord and our prayer requests. We have uh, several uh, that are here today. We want to lift up for Joanne. Her friend Kelly is having neck surgery tomorrow, so prayers for quick healing and recovery. June is having a test tomorrow to determine if she needs heart surgery. So we want to go ahead and definitely live, uh, lift um, her in your prayers. Um, uh, for my father this week had a pacemaker put in. He seems to be doing um, really well. However, he's had some uh, bleeding today from his incision. So we want to pray for him as they deal with that uh, today. So pray for God to do that. Carol asked for prayers for safe travels on Wednesday. Um, moving to Vermont, right? You're moving to Vermont? Oh, yeah, come here, give me a hug. Here we go. She wants to give me a hug. So here we go. We're going to miss you. That's right. So we're going we're gonna to pray for you. Oh, look at that. Here we go. All right, love you. We, I, I, we're glad that you came here, right? So um, uh, we're just going gonna, gonna to pray for you while you're here in a, in a second. She said she, um, uh, she loves and appreciates this beautiful body of Christ, Stephen Ministry, and the most awesome pastor ever, and I didn't give her any money for that either. <laughs> All right, so stay right here. Stay here. You're not going anywhere. We're going to pray for you. Okay, so that's, that's our prayer request we have. So I just want to pray for Carol and her family as they head up to Vermont um, as we can uh, go ahead and do that. Will you just, what? Just you. Okay, so we're going to lift her and, and everybody else just uh, lift her in your prayers. Okay, let's lift her in your prayers. Heavenly Father, we just want to pray for Carol. We know that when she came in here, she connected with laughter and joy and just connected to your presence um, and, uh, from, from day one. God, we recognize that although she may be uh, headed into a new venture and you've called her to a new area up north in our country, that God, you're going to use her mightily and the giftedness that she has. We're going to pray for traveling mercies on this trip. We're also going to go ahead and just pray that your Holy Spirit guide her 
and, and, uh, and all this. And we know that she is going to be one of our favorite members on church, online. Um, and, uh, and God just surround her with people in the body of Christ that use her gifts. And also that um, we all know one day we're all going to be together again in your presence in heaven. So God, uh, we love her and um, hate to see her go. Um, but God, we know that you have a great plan for her life. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, come here, June. You're next. We're going to pray for you. That's where we're going to go. Oh, Chris is getting a hug, too. I say, come here. Just June. June's going to uh, have that test this week for heart surgery, so we're going to pray for her. Um, so, Lord God, we just lift June up before you. We know she has a heart for worship, and we know that she truly loves you, um, has been through a lot of things um, over the last couple years, and God, she has remained true and faithful to you. So we call on the great physician to bring healing before this even process begins. That God, we're praying in our way for great tests. But God, we know that you are in control of this whole thing. And we know that June is going to trust you. We love you. Be with her family and her, her friends as they uh, surround her. But most importantly, God, we just pray for uh, great testing in your name. And everybody said, amen. All right. All right. Love you. All right. So there we go. Didn't plan that, but God did. So that's awesome. All right. So let's just pray um, overall and just lift everything up, okay? Even though we lifted them up, let's just lift everything up. God, we all have uh, needs. We know that my father right now is, uh, we thank you for the pacemaker, that everything looks good. But also we want to lift him up as he's having some bleeding issues right now. God, we pray that you will take care of that. We pray for Kelly, who's having surgery uh, this week. Um, We're praying for the test and for the relocations and for all kinds of things, God, that are are with us. I want to pray specifically as we enter um, this season uh, where we we make this crunch toward the end of the year, um, that, God, there's so many things that we feel we need to do. But, Lord, we just pray that that we will not forget to be your hands and feet in this world, um, just uh, to to meet people's needs, to to love them with the love of the Lord. And it's kind of hard to do when we get to this time of year where we're so giving in certain areas, but God, in other areas, we just kind of like feel like we're the only one who's important or that something, other things are more important. Help us to just see you, not lose sight of you in giving you thanks. i not lose sight of you in uh, recognizing your birth and your ultimate coming again. And so Lord, as we have this last week in our message and we have a couple more weeks in our small group studies uh, based off of what's next, God, we pray that this isn't just a study we take. It isn't just a sermon that we, or a sermon series that we listen to, but God, that you will call us whatever area we're on that journey to go ahead and do what's next, the next thing that you've called us to. And everybody says, amen. All right. All right. A couple announcements that we have. Number one, I just want to welcome visitors again. If you're here, we do not believe that you're a visitor. We don't believe that you came in by mistake. We believe that God brought you here for a reason. I do want to let you know that today, um, it's not like we're going to turn this into a rave or a disco party. The lights are being a little funky today. So they may go out and go up and go up and it's not just go with it. All right. Nothing bad's happening. Um, you don't have to get up and do your best John Travolta if you want to. Go for it if the spirit hits you. But, um, but by and large, I just wanted to let you know that's what, that we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. All right. So we have those. Um, but again, if you're visiting with us today, we hope that you will fill out a card um, that we have um, that you may have received when you came in, just so we can have the contact information, get in touch with you. Um, and also, just we promise we won't use it to market you to death like everything else does. What we want to do is we just want to connect with you and thank you, number one, for being here. Want you to, we have some rules. Relax. That's the main rule. Relax and just hear what God has for you, okay? Um, so a couple other things that you see here. Um, we are in the midst um, of our church-wide study 
I'll be wrapping up the series part of it as the messages today, um, but I do believe we have two more weeks or so in our small groups. If you missed the first couple ones, that's okay. Connect. Um, people would love to have you, and we, we can connect you to those small groups, and would love for you to be part of that. Many of you uh, are getting to know um, other people and the power of doing life together in small group. Um, I want to jump down to our Thanksgiving food drive. There are clipboards that I, I believe that are around here, um, and those are for our Thanksgiving uh, food drive. Um, we, we're starting, and, and we've been running these. Uh, last year, we were able to, do, uh, to help 241 families and our community with donations from people who are coming out of Walmart, from people from our church as well. Um, and for the, the one that's going around is for what our, our church is doing. Um, there will also be some collection days at both Walmarts in the county um, to go ahead and receive those things. Um, we also are glad to receive whatever you want to bring in and also um, uh, uh, grocery gift cards and things like that so we can purchase those things. Out here, right, out here, there's a sign up for the cooked turkeys that are needed. And so if you'd be willing to go ahead and do that, please sign up for that. This is a great ministry that we've been able to do uh, several years. And um, we've done... What was that? And volunteers for Walmart. Because um, there's, there's one of Donna and uh, one of a couple other people. They'd love to have you to hang out there. If you really want to see if people really care at the holidays, it's really awesome just to see people that just give. And we thank Walmart for allowing us to just sit out there and go ahead and, uh, and dr- drop extra stuff in. They usually get receive something when they go in and they say, oh, yeah, I can pick up this. And they come back out and put it in. And through that, you can see we are affecting those in our community. Um, that don't have, and you can recognize that when they're eating, uh, and for our community, our community stretches to Delaware and uh, across the bridges and every place else into Pennsylvania, so we, we want to affect everybody that we can in that area, so I thank you in advance for that. The other thing is, our Operation Christmas Child, you see some of the boxes that are here, correct? Everybody see them? They're growing. Um, they're growing and multiplying, so um, as we look at this, um, we will be collecting uh, through this entire period. Next week, we're going to have them. If you want to bring in things for our children to, to pack in our Sunday school next week, that's what they're going to be doing. A great thing to do, as I said, is if you, um, like we have the boxes here for you, um, but we also, like you see some of the plastic ones, sometimes people will go to the dollar stores, buy those plastic ones. They can continue to use those. I'm going to touch about this a little bit more in today's message, um, as God led me to toward the end. Um, and so, um, does anybody remember the number I asked for? 300, okay, so I'd like to go ahead and see if we can get 300. Now you say, boxes. The boxes are just the, the tool that God uses to connect people. And there's, there's been story after story after story after story of people whose lives have been completely changed. Um, and uh, for just because somebody took time, went to a dollar store, packed some things in, and, and change the life. So um, that's an opportunity for you to change a life. If you have a couple people you want to get together, if you go to work and say, hey, let's do this, hey, it's a great time to do it, and we will be collecting those next week. We'll be starting that process, and because we got to get them, they got to be shipped all over the world, and we are really excited about that. So please go ahead and connect to that. And then you'll also see we serve at Paris Foundation on the 17th, and you can see uh, other things about Grief Share, um, Stephen Ministry, Youth Group, um, public reading scripture, and all kinds of other things, all right? So those are some of our announcements. Go ahead and make sure you connect. All right, so today we are in week four 
of our series, and I will be uh, wrapping this up. Our series is based off of this small group study and this book, which was written by Pastor Chris Hodges of Church of the Highlands. Um, what I believe is he, he's such a pastor's pastor. I was able to attend a conference down there, and it was probably one of the coolest conferences I ever did. Um, all the doors were open, and he just he and everybody, his all staff would like ask any questions, take any notes, do whatever you want to. And the whole deal was just to really, what they've been able to do is to pass that on. And so, um, there we go. <laughs> all right, so anybody hear that besides me? I had a hum music, so, all right. Um, anyway, I thought, I thought the angels, the heavens were opening. I was going to ascend, all right? But anyway, all right. So we're in week four of this series. And this, and this series has been called What's Next? And you say, why are you doing a series based off a book? Because it's all based off of Scripture. Today we're going to be talking about the, uh, the a way of life, okay, our pattern of life. And so um, what we know is no matter who you are, you are on a journey, all of us are on a spiritual journey. Even atheists are on a spiritual journey. Um, we are even the biggest believer that never missed a week at church, that went to every seminary and had every degree, is on a journey. We are all there, every single one of us. And in this series, what I'm trying to help you do is find out where you are and to find out what's next. How many of you have ever taken a car, a car journey? Anybody ever taken a car journey? And um, this summer, we, we had a graduation gift for Emma Gale, um, even though she graduated a year uh, previously. We, had this, uh, we went out west, and we drove, we drove all around Arizona, Utah, Arizona, uh, Nevada, all the way around there. And it was about 800 miles on a journey. Um, and uh, we scared ourselves to death coming up to the Grand Canyon at 10 o'clock at night. And all, Melissa said, just keep your hands on the, ro- on the wheel. Just please keep your hands on the wheel. It was a full moon, and it just dropped off. So it was nothing going to be good if I made a right turn, okay, just to let you know. But when you're on these journeys, you're always looking for what's next, aren't you? Once you pass something, you're like, oh, what's next? And a lot of times, we get comfortable in our spiritual journeys, or we get uncomfortable, and we don't know what, what's next at all. And so that's what we're here to do. We're going to talk about what's next in our journey. And so we've been using as a scripture lesson um, Proverbs 20, uh, 29, 18. But today I wanted to give you to you in three different versions of scripture. We've been using the last one I'll share for you week after week. So this first one comes from the King James Version. And for those of you who love King James, you're like, yes, okay, there we go. But King James, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, vision here is the term calzone, not like calzone, that'll be what you eat later for lunch, but, and we could all use one of those to give us some vision, right? Um, some calzone, but it, calzone means a revelation, a passion, a dream, and if there's no, there's no uh, passion or clarity or revelation on your path, then those things die. That's what it talks about to perish. It dies. And you may say, well, maybe not physically, but inside. Have you ever had a dream that you really wanted to see happen, that you wanted to, you knew you were called out to do it, and you set your eyes on it, and when it didn't happen, something in you kind of died, okay? Um, you see it all the time on these, these shows where people think they can sing and go on American Idol, or, or uh, the voice, and they sing, and all that it takes them is one time, and they say, and I remember, remember Simon going, you're terrible. You're absolutely terrible. And they're just crushed because that dream has gone away and gone by. So we need 
passion. Um, pa- if we don't have that passion, then we, we don't have any calzone. And we all need a calzone, right? Correct. All right. So another version of this, let's read it in the NIV. And that's one that I, I look at a lot, the NIV. And it says, where there is no revelation, there's that word calzone. All right. Again, the people cast off restraint. So basically, if you don't have a vision or an ideology or a focus, then you don't care how you live your life. Okay, if you look at it like, ah, it doesn't matter anyway, then nothing else around you would, would matter. So what happens is, without having a vision, a revelation, a purpose, many of us have cast off our dreams, we've cast off our relationships, we've cast off our marriages, we've cast off our emotions, we've cast off everything around us because it just doesn't matter. And if you haven't, I'd say everybody in here knows somebody whose dream has died for them and they have cast off and they are emotionally just stiff, right? And just have nothing. And often what people um, try to do here, most try to do this by casting off, um, by stopping casting off the restraint. So if they realize that their life's not going well, they decide, okay, I'm going to be better. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to add that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to do, I'm not going to do. And they live life that way, but that's wrong. It's wrong that way because we can't cast off something when we still have no vision or no, no direction. And so we fix off, we fix what the, the casting off restraint by making the vision and the point that we're headed to, the journey, more important than where we are in life. Everybody with me? Does that make sense? Okay, so we, uh, and we, need, to, we need order in our lives whether we like it or not. Um, and order comes simply from vision. And then the version that we've been using every week, here it is, you're used to this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And we talked about several times where like we will go ahead and the lights go out and you just kind of try to find your way in the dark long before cell phones where we could go ahead and light it or, or watches where we could light our way, right? Before that, when it's dark, it's really dark, and you, you stumble all around and can't see where you're going. And it says here, but when they attend to what he reveals, when we see what God reveals in our life, they are the most blessed. And blessed, again, is not uh, the one who has the most toys, the one that has the most finances, the biggest bank account, the, the everything else. It is a condition of your soul. That you are at peace and you have this condition of your soul that is being blessed. So how do we get there? Well, it was read for us today by Ron. And it says, so God says this, uh, you will show, it says this about God, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. You see, a clear path in the presence of God, joy is found. When we have the will of God for our life, we see our pattern, we see what we're created for, we head and focus on it, and then the presence of God is around us, so it doesn't matter all the other stuff, we know we're on the right track, and in the presence of God, we have joy, and there is an intense pleasure of living with God. So what we've been doing in these past weeks is laying down some important points on the journey, and to find out where our next step is in the journey and so I am just, I am Jack Cohen. I am your tour guide on this journey. Um, so if you'll make sure your seats are in upright lock position and your seatbelts are fastened, we're going to head on further in this journey here today. Um, but I would say that many, one of the most disturbing things, or one of the most painful things, disturbing is probably not the, the best word, but painful things, is that over my life and over years of ministry, one of the things I've seen is people uh, settle 
settle for an area on the journey. They get settled in on an area. And what I, what I see is simply this. Um, don't you want everything that God has for you? If we have a good father, if we have a good dad who says, I've got something for you. Like I remember when my dad came home one day and it was April Fool's Day. I still remember that. And he came home one day. And you got to understand something about our, our, my dad. My dad never bought anything brand new when it first came out. All right. He waited till he found it on the shelf that was marked down. Right. Um, or, you know, we, we everybody remember the black and white brands of stuff. You remember them? Generic. Anybody? Okay, yeah, that's, we, we learned about that, okay? He would buy, like, the fun-sized candy bars, and I told him I'd have a lot more fun if they were bigger, but he'd hide them, you know, because he'd say, oh, I buy food, and all you do is eat it. Yeah, right, okay? So, but that, that was part of, part of the thing. So I remember one day we were sitting there, and my dad goes, I got something in the car, and I said, you do? Got something for you? And when he said that, what did I, what happened to me? I wanted it. I wanted to see what he brought. Bought something for us, and I'm like, what is it? Come on. What is it? And he goes to the back of the car. I still remember him. And he pulls out like this round cable wire and went like this. And it's, I think it was 1983, I believe. Okay. All right. It's somewhere in there. He pulls this out and goes like this. And I'm like, okay. I'm still intrigued. What are you saying to yourself? What are you guys saying right now? You want to know what it is, don't you? I'm not telling you. No. Um, no. But that's what it is. When somebody has something that's really good and says it's good for you, don't you want it? You don't? I'll, at Christmas, call me then, okay? I'll come over and take it all. But we want the stuff that, that God, a good father, has for us. My dad reached in and put his hands down and pulled out a VCR. <laughs> now, today, you'd be like, eh, right? But back then, VCR was life. How many of you had, couldn't wait to go to Movie King? Oh, yeah, you're old, okay? You had to pull that off. Or Blockbuster, remember those, okay? These were the things, and you pull that tag off, walk up and go, here, can I get this? And they go, okay, be kind, rewind, or else we'll charge you $45. Remember, remember. But you had the ability at that moment because my dad brought something good in. The reason why I remember the date is because it was the day that Villanova beat Georgetown. And we took a tape, and we taped it. And I watched it again and again. I was like, oh, yeah. And I taped MTV videos. I had Bruce Springsteen's I'm on fire, all right? You had the tracking where occasionally, right? You had to fix that. You have forgotten all this, haven't you? (laughs) But at that moment, it was something good that my father had for me. How come many of us don't want the good stuff that our Heavenly Father has for us? He has really good stuff. And he's saying, I got something here. And we're like, all right. But God has something good for us. We settle too much. Don't you want it all? And in John 10.10, it says this. Jesus says this himself. He said, the thief, referring to Satan, said the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, Satan says, I'm not letting you have it. I'm taking it. Did anybody have the the relatives that would come over your house on holidays and you had to hide your good toys because they would tear them up? They are the illustration of Satan in this, right? And so they would come to rob, steal, destroy all that you have. But Jesus said, I have come. Jesus is saying, this is my purpose why I came. I came that you may have what? Life and have it what? Full and abundantly. But yet so many of us are settling for half full or just a little bit of what God has for us. Jesus came for a full life that can be yours. And the last four weeks, we have been looking at this plan 
that God has had from day one throughout the entire scripture. I'm not making this up. I'm not taking Chris Hodges at, at his word. It is in the scripture. And today we're going to have a lot of scriptures just to help you. And the four things that we've been dealing with are this. To know God. That's the first thing that we've got to do on this journey, to know God. And it's not just here. It's not about knowing God here. Because guess what? If you take a poll, 80, 90 some percent know God, know about God. But far less know God in here. We talked about that the, that the word that Jesus used was used in the intimate relationship between a husband and a wife at that time. And he said, you need to know God in that way. And they went, what, excuse me? He said, yeah, you need to have that intimacy with God. But you know that term, anybody remember the term? Gnosko, very good. All right, you guys get the gold star today. All right, Gnosko. Jesus is not a religion. He is a relationship, and that's what he wants. In 1 Timothy, this was written by Paul to a person, to Timothy, a young, a young preacher. And here's what he says. Some of these people have missed the most important thing. The most important thing in life. They what? Don't know God. They don't know God. And he says, may God's mercy be upon you. Our second thing is this. So know God. Next one. Everybody with me. Find freedom. Everybody together. Find freedom. You see, we need to know God first before we can find freedom, and we need to get past our stuff. We all have stuff. We all have baggage. We've all lived life. We've all met miserable people. We've all been miserable people. We've all had um, letdowns. We've all had heartbreaks. And in all those situations, some of those things have bound us for years, and we need to be released from it. We need to go ahead. And we can't get past our stuff unless we know God. You can try to get away. That's why many people try to get away through many things, through addiction, through relationships, through jobs, through all kinds of things. Some people get, try to get away from it with good things. Some people try to get away with, with bad things. But none of us can get away from that unless we gnosko God. In John 8, 36, it says this. Um, so if the Son, Jesus said this, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free what? Indeed. And then we spent that week, if you remember, um, and I challenge you to go back and look at this and listen. We talked about the four wounds of the cross. Remember that? We talked about the cross of Christ and the four wounds of, of Christ, how he frees us from that. Number three, discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. We talked last week about discovering our purpose. And the simple fact about this is, I remember what I said, no matter whether your parents or anybody else told you you were a mistake or you were an accident, you are not. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Before he ever formed you, he knew you. That means before the, uh-oh, whoops, uh-oh, here we go, God knew you. And before he knit you together, he had a plan and purpose for your life. Okay, that's, that's God's call in your life. As Mark Twain said, the greatest days of your life are the days that you're born and the day you discover why. So many of us struggle for purpose. And the reason why we struggle for purpose is because we haven't found freedom. And we haven't found freedom because we don't gnosko God, all right? It's a pattern. It's one builds on the other. Galatians 6 says that, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and do what? Sink yourself into it. And we want to help with that. We want to set up some other avenues to help you find your purpose and to sink yourself into those things and, and to do that. Why? So that you can do what we're going to talking today, make a difference. We want to make a difference in the world. Sociologists have said that the, um, the happiest people, secular or not, are people who make a difference in the lives of others. 
And that's why in John 15 it says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. For when we live out the value of what we're created to do, we become difference makers. And that's not all. We have another promise in here. Jesus said this in John 15, I believe, here. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Some of us have been looking for our purpose. Some of us have never found it on our own. You know why? Because we didn't know God. We didn't find freedom and all these other things. We didn't discover our purpose. And so if we don't know our purpose and we don't find freedom and we don't know God, then we'll never live out the plan that we were created for, okay? So basically what I'm saying here is my ultimate purpose is to make a difference for eternity. Because guess what? Look around the room. Everybody take a look. Everybody's going to die. Have a wonderful day, all right? <laughs> Every single one of us is going to die. I will dare say that some of the, most of the people when I was five years old in the churches I grew up with are not here on this earth anymore, right? But I will tell you that many of them made a difference for eternity, that far outweighs them all, that because of the gifts and, and because they found their purpose, I'm standing here, and many of you are probably here today because of those reasons, and you can have people's names. We as individuals and a church should not exist for ourselves. We should never exist for ourselves. Um, we are on a mission. Look at the person next to you say, I'm on a mission. Okay? It is an assignment from God. And you guys think like the Blues Brothers here, right? I'm on a mission from God, Right? You are on a mission from God. God has called you to a mission and a purpose for him. And here's the cool thing. You can't do it on your own. It's bigger than you. You need God in order to accomplish that. And that's why uh, you, you hear, I've actually heard some churches in the area say, okay, um, we're not going to worry about this evangelism, this, this growth thing. Um, we're not going to focus on reaching out. We're just going to take care of ourselves because the world's a place. No, no, no. That's not what our mission is. If you know your mission, it should shape the rest of the things that we do. And that's why growth and evangelism always have to be a part of a church's mission because heaven and hell are real. And if heaven and, ever, heaven and hell are real, uh, we, we need to be about the mission. I'm going to go through a couple of these verses to display this to you. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane getting ready to go ahead and be crucified. And here's what he said. He said, as he's praying, in the same way, he's talking to God, in the same way that you gave me a what? Say it again. You gave me a mission in the world. I give them a mission in the world. He's talking about his disciples, but guess who else he's talking about? You and me. He says, I have a mission, and that mission that I have, I have I'm, I'm finishing up. Because in his final breath on the cross, he says, it is finished. I completed the mission you sent me to do, Father. But now it's going to be their mission. And the last thing he says before he ascends up, here we go. Um, not, not yet. I don't wait. Um, this is Paul. Paul says this. I don't care about my own life. The most important thing that I complete is my what? And what is that? The work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do, to do what? Tell people the good news about God's grace. You see, the, one of the things we're talked about, and the illustration we're given, and we talked about this last week, the body of Christ. 
And if we are the body of Christ of the church, the reason why we exist is to share the good news of Jesus Christ and about his grace. Okay? So what does all this mean? All right? It means that God gave us an assignment. And that assignment is to share the good news. And people who are the most focused and carefree about their calling from God know it and live it out passionately. I was thinking about um, this week a little bit about the formation of the church, the early part of the church that was, um, it was uh, some of the most question mark filled years as we come up on, I think we're beginning year 13, I believe, or 12, something like that, in 2008, yeah, so year 11, 12, so um, I can't do math, don't worry about it, Terry will correct me later, Our, um, so, but anyway, um, I was just thinking about those early years, and I was thinking about how we didn't have a lot of stuff, I remember uh, packing um, a, a stage system smaller than this and that was week two week one tina might remember it we were down in the dance center there we had all of us on one side with no sound system we had food set up in the middle and we had a whole horde of kids in the other section just running around doing whatever they were doing that was sunday school and we did that and every week i would go down in the basement grab my speakers grab these tubs shove them in the back of my car and then head on over here, we pull them out, we'd unpack it. We even had one of those old coffee percolator things, you know, from the day that you could see the level. We had one, we were high tech, I'm telling you. And so, um, and you know, we were like, it, it was bad. I remember the first week, somebody said, man, it'd be good if we could hear a little bit. So I remember the next week running out and getting a little tiny stage pass system where you could hook it up and it had a little board about this big and we had it. And then um, we were we were going ahead and we were, I was every week, it was up and down my stairs and putting this out and doing this and putting it back and, and, uh, and you know, making sure things were, um, were good and here and, made, and I'd go and buy cookies. They weren't the best, trust me, I think the cheap Walmart ones, right? All right, so we got those and we're doing all this kind of stuff and then, um, then we graduated thanks to Tom Racine. We had a little trailer and that little trailer, we packed that sucker to death and that, and that where's the cross? Right here, this one, it has a bend in it from the day because we had to fold it down and shove it in the trailer and and believe me, you could not fit anything else in that little tiny trailer. And that trailer, you'd have to pick it up and put it on. And there was days when it got cold that the lock would freeze. And you'd sit there and go, <laughs> and you'd be like, come on, come on. <laughs> and then you go ahead, you finally got it open. And by the time you got to church, it was frozen again, and you're back at it again. And you hope that your lips didn't stick to it like a Christmas story, right? This is all part of it. And you come in, you set up tables, you lay it out, you'd have it here, you'd have the speakers, you'd have this. And then, God forbid, when it was the summer when we went to the middle school, it was hotter, hot as hell. We could give a hell sermon every week and people would repent because it was so hot in there, right? And we did that stuff. And then we graduated to a larger trailer and we filled that sucker and we did these kind of things. And, and so through this process, I started thinking, one of the things that was really cool is that even in those early stages where we had nothing, because we didn't, we really didn't have much to make it what we do. And people were watching online. There was no online there, right? What we had was a vision and a passion. And I remember when I went to a, um, to a, a day conference and I heard a pastor who was part of a mega church. And he started off and he, he, he left and started another mega church in Austin, Texas. And he was sitting down there and he's watching and he says, he said he stood back there and he said, I had a really good salary. And he said, I looked and I said, we're no different than any other church. 
And that week, after talking to his wife, he met with his board and, and left. And he started with a, with a grill and went down into the city of, inner city of Austin and began to feed the homeless. And I remember how that touched a part of me that I'd never been touched before. And I came back and shared and said, hey, here's what we're going to do. Um, and people got on board. And before you know it, we're very active in homelessness ministry. And it, it, it just went. I mean, we did rotating shelter, right, Debbie, before there was a shelter to rotate anywhere too, right? We were still in there, and we would pick up other people, and it just, it just went. And then Paris Foundation grew, and we connected to that and, and to see these things happen. I remember when we meeting with Pastor Phil Meekins about addiction, and I remember sitting with him in, in the area that was the office over here, and I said, I don't understand addiction, but I want to. And he said, well, I can help you with that. And we, somebody sat in this church, and I believe Shelly stood up here and said, hey, they're looking for a place. And we had somebody in this congregation who said, I was going to just get rid of this place, but if you want to use it, go ahead and use it as a ha- halfway house. And it became the first halfway house in this, this area. You see, those are the things that God does. I remember doing a Bible study called Radical with a wacky guy named David Platt. And I remember how it changed my heart and the hearts of many of you to the fact that we got off a of mission being something that missionaries do into being something that God has called us to do. You see, when the mission is clear, the journey is also clear. And that's why we see this time and time again. You know, it's like the story I heard, they had an article in the newspaper one time in Florida that uh, it was about dog races. Anybody been to a dog race? I, I, I never have, but I didn't. I understand horse races where you have a jockey on it, but I don't think you can have a jockey on the back of a uh, dog. So, um, so what they, but they have to have something that they chase after. So they come up with a mechanical rabbit, okay, that runs around the inside of the track, and when it goes, they take off after it, and it comes around, and that's how you find out who's going to win this. Well, in the midst of this one chase, the the rabbit set out and the dog set out after it, but somewhere along the line they had a malfunction and the rabbit exploded and there was hair and parts of mechanical rabbit all over the place. This is a true story. And what they said is um, the dogs got really confused. Some went ahead and just laid down in the middle. Others ran through the railing, actually breaking ribs and other kinds of things. And others turned to the crowd and barked and barked and barked. And I said, wow, that is such an illustration of us on our spiritual journey when we aren't, don't know our clear direction that, and the human race, that when we don't have a focus, we either lay down and take a nap, we go ahead and hurt ourselves, or we just sit and bark at everybody else in the world. And so many of us need to learn how to chase the rabbit. We need to know to chase what God is calling us to do. And so in Jesus' last words in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says this. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, that's right where you live, in Judea and Samaria, that's surrounding you. They were were similar to them, but they weren't them. They were non-Jews, and to the ends of the earth, the whole world. And what this is, this is Jesus' last words as he's ascending to heaven. And guess what it is? It's your mission and your purpose. This is what he told his father he was handing together. Now, this is not in your notes, but I'm going to unpack this a little bit more. Jerusalem. Jerusalem is those closest to me, if you want to know your mission. Those people closest to you. That is your first responsibility. It's why we spend time and energy here. You are my first responsibility. Your kids your family. This is why I do weddings. This is why I do counseling sessions. This is why I do funerals. This is why we do all those other things. Why? 
because this is for you and your family. We want to make a difference in your lives here. That's why we do small groups. That's why we do studies, because we want to make a difference in your life. You are our Jerusalem. Then there's Judea and Samaria. Those are close to me, but different from me. These may be people who are around us that are different than what we think. That's why we engage in homeless ministry. That's why we engage in uh, addiction ministry. And what's really cool, if you look around the county, people have picked up that ball in secular areas as well and made big impacts. And I believe the church always leads, okay? So what you have done and what you've connected to other Christians in this area has made a difference so that the county has made it a priority. And the surrounding areas have made these things priorities um, that tend to happen. And so my question is, what's next? What's the next group of those people that are close to us? What are our Judeas and Samarias that they're around us, but they're different from us? Where's God calling us? And then to the ends of the earth, around the world. A majority of the world lives on a dollar or less than a day. Four billion in a window don't know Jesus, don't have access to a Bible. There's some languages that the Bible's not even translated into yet. There are 27 million, let me share this with you, 27 million women and children who are trafficked every day in our world. So what are we going to do about it? We need a plan, don't we? 27 million And don't think it happens just across the seas. It happens right here. And we need to open our eyes, and the church needs to be uh, involved in that. So how do we deal with this? What is our plan? Well, number one, we need to take this Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and make it to myself and to our church. So the first thing is, I need to make a difference in my world. In my world. That's the world around me. The people around you. Your family. Your friends your coworkers, your classmates, your teammates, your neighbors. That is your first responsibility. They're the ones that you need to reach out to, those that you're closest to. And often that's the hardest one, isn't it? Often those that have known us forever are the ones that, that may challenge us the most, the ones that give us the most fit. And they say, oh yeah, now you're all there. And look at what it says here. Jesus said this, go home to your family and friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has had mercy on you. Tell the story of God's mercy on your life. Don't tell, turn or burn, turn or burn. You're going to bust hell wide open, turn or burn, right? That doesn't help anybody. Tell them, if they know you, and Christ has made a difference in your life, tell them the story of God's mercy and grace. Tell them of how your life was headed down a path and you were lost and how he found you and how you found him and it's changed your life. Tell the story of what God's done for you. You don't have to be the prosecutor. You don't have to be the judge. You don't have to be the defense. Just be the witness and tell your story. Tell the story. I love the story of when Jesus heals the man born blind and he does it on the Sabbath and the religious leaders have a problem and they bring his parents in. And when they bring him in first, and he says, all I know is I was sitting there minding my own business. This dude, Jesus, came, took mud, spit in it. I know that's disgusting. Made a mud mask, put on my eyes, and it told this blind guy with mud on it, with a spitball on his eyes, to go ahead and wash. I did it, then I can see. All I know is I was blind, and now I can see. Do you want to know him too? And they got so ticked off, they threw him out. They went ahead and grabbed his parents. Is this your son? They said, uh, 
He, he was born blind. That's our boy. Don't know how it happened. I don't know. He says, uh, ask him. He's of age. That's what they said. He said, okay, Jesus made my mud pies, put them in my eye, told me to go wash. Now I see. Do you want to follow him? And they said, get out. All right? Tell your story. You don't have to tell somebody else's story. Tell your story. Remember the old hymn, I love to tell the story? Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Tell your story. You've got a story of the goodness of God. And and Jesus told them to go and tell your family. That's your first assignment, to tell your story. Everybody say, tell your story. All right. Everybody good? All right, good. I'm just checking, making sure. A couple other things that we have here. Proverbs 3 says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them today. Don't put off to tomorrow today. I remember in the Emmaus community, it was always make a friend, be a friend, and bring a friend to Christ. And I'm going to say make a friend, be a friend, and share your story. Just share your story and let them know about the goodness of God. Number two, number two, make a difference beyond my world. This is your Judea and Samaria. People that you don't agree with. We live in a culture where if you don't agree with me, you are my enemy. That is wrong. It gets us nowhere. Anybody see lately? It gets us absolutely nowhere. And we just end up in um, like a bunch of monkeys throwing poo at each other is really what we are. All right? So what do I do with these people who don't agree with me? Look at what Jesus says here. Oh, what Paul actually said. Whatever a person is like, and notice it said whatever they're like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save some. Find some commonality. Guess what? If it's just starting that we have a commonality that we're in the human race, there's one. All right? Start there. Okay? The best way to find common ground is to find out where they're hurting and help them. Find out where they're hurting and help them. Galatians 6 says, stoop down, reach out to those who are oppressed, share their burdens, and so complete God's law. Share their burdens. Stoop down. Reach out. Number three. Everybody good? Number three. Our last one. Make a difference in the whole world. In the whole world. Make a difference. One of the things is that statistically, most people will never feel the call or decide to go on a mission trip. Some may not ever do that. But I want to let you know something. Every month, your giving, your prayers is making a difference in, with our brothers and sisters in Haiti. Every single month, we go to make real differences. Right now, in case you don't know, there have been consistent riots in Haiti for months. There are people who are dying every day that are Haitian people because they have a lighter skin and associate a lighter dark skin and associate those with the leaders who are pretty much taking everything from the people And so that people cannot even find food. People cannot even have gas. And many of these people, that's all they have. And so the people have said, we've got to do something. And it's created riots. And when riots happen, there's no organization. And people are stuck. And people are in fear for their very own lives. Time and time again, in fear for their very own lives. Um, The other thing, and I'm going to come back to that, um, but some of the other things that we do here, we have Operation Christmas Child. I want you to put this slide up here. Look, since 1993, more than 100 million shoeboxes have been collected for needy children around the world. 
If you stacked 100 million shoeboxes on top of each other, it would be uh, uh, 26,000 times higher than the Empire State Building. 26,000 times more than the Empire State Building. That's pretty tall. So this year, let's make it 27, right? Let's make it 27. When we know that half the world doesn't, doesn't know what a dollar is a day. We can make a difference in a life. That's not just buildings. That's a life. Look at those faces. That's, they, they're receiving stuff that some people here would say just throw away as stocking stuffers. But to them, it's life and it tells them that Jesus loves them. Do you understand the importance of what those boxes are about? I could care less whether we get three or 3,000. I'm not going to put in the newspaper. We got this many. What I care about is it's a life. It's a life that Christ has called us to mission to reach out to. Am I right? As I look here, every day I talk with people from Haiti. That is an odd thing for me in my life. Every day I talk to people in Haiti. And in September... From a young man who many of us know named Wade, he said, so right now, Haiti is terrible. We have riots everywhere, and every day, pastor, is a problem. Please, pastor, pray for Haiti, because we need God to say something in this week, because it is awful in the news. In October, he said, I asked him how he was doing. He said, hello, pastor, I'm good, but I want to let you know that because you are my pastor, So the situation in Haiti is difficult. No one can do anything. No one can do nothing. My family is in need. Please pray for my family, Pastor. Thank you. Pastor, every day we have people died in Haiti and food is expensive and there's more problems. But then he puts these in the midst. Yesterday I was in Bible study and we talked about the assurance of salvation. Thank you, Pastor. And thank you to your church. Thanks a lot, Pastor. So the pleasure was mine in talking to you. I hope you have a good night. And don't forget to pray to God before sleeping. We love you so much. You and your family and our church family in Jesus. Please pray, my family, please pray for them on your prayers because we have a hard time at the moment. God bless you, Pastor. Pastor Gene Renault, and I'm going to show you some pictures here. He put up. Thank you, Jesus, for the food you give in my community. Amen. The prayer for today is what I have. And then he put this picture up, and then he put another picture up, and then he had another picture up that was there. To let you know, up until this point in this area, many of you have been to Laogon, a couple of you have been there, you ain't just going by. You're going down a road. And they, this community and these faces here, we go back one, please. We're having no food because of the situation in Haiti. And because of you, they're fed. Because of you answering the mission of God. Now, I know there's been times where people say, why are we giving to Haiti? We have so much need here. I'll let you know we do give here. And we make changes in this community that some of you never know about. We've helped people with all kinds of situations, horrific situations, situations where people don't, don't have food in our community, situations where people don't have a place to live, situations where people are traveling through and we don't know them or whatever. We've made situations, situations where there's three daughters 
and we recognize that there's somebody who's dealing with addiction that is the parent in there, but we help them and give them guidelines to try to help change their lives. We do that in our own community, but we also do it around the world because we owe the call to Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and we're answering the commission and the mission of God that's called us to. So if you don't like it, talk to Jesus, don't talk to me. It's about him, and it's about answering the call. And I will tell you, as long as I'm the pastor, Haven Community will answer the call of Christ on our lives. And so Pastor Oog, one of the most godly men I have ever met in my life, said, thank you. He said, hello, Pastor Jack, thank you a lot to give us the opportunity to continue with the school construction. May God bless you and your family and church and everything. And I asked him how the situation was, and you can see uh, some of the other ones here. He said, in the moment, no school, no work, no way to go in other areas. Sometimes nothing in the market, but don't worry about us. God is and will continue to take care of us. We love you, Pappy Jack. <laughs> Natalie and family are doing well. And then he says, if you, kn you know if Iglesia Communitaire de Refuge de Haiti, that is Haven Community Church in Haiti, is doing great things today. All the fruits come to Haven Community Church. For this reason, other churches want to help my ministry. You must know everything. And he said, and, and many of you don't know, his wife has a heart issue. And we have believed and stepped up and said, we're going to help her get to Cuba to get the surgery that she needs. Something we take for granted here. And he says, in the name of Jesus, my wife and I thank you for all the service and support you are doing for us. We have no words to thank you, family, church, and community, to raise money to help my wife's surgery, and I know that God will multiply your blessings. Please say hello and thank you to everyone. God bless you all. And then he gives us a little note of the small amount of money in this area that we, we would say, oh, does it matter? He says, with what was given this month, we gave food to church members in our community, we repaired the roof, go ahead, Melinda, show them this, to a church member's house. House. Let me say that again. A church member's house. Go ahead and show them the, the roof. All right. And Pastor Gene Renault gave food to his church members. We are praying for you to, for peace to come back to Haiti so that you can all come back to Haiti there's a lot to thank you for and everybody else. We love you. If you don't think you're making a difference in the world of Christ, take a look. You're changing lives at Haven Community Church. Because in these final scriptures, as our worship team comes up, Jesus said this to his followers. Go where? Everywhere, Everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. everyone. Reach people beyond you. Be generous. Obey God and you'll find life. In Mark 10, Jesus said, let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything for love of me and tell others the good news who won't be given back a hundred times. What's the motivation? Love Christ. Care about others. As I remember, Jesus was asked the greatest commandment and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and you'll receive over a hundred times more. You know what that is? That's a 10,000% increase. If I had, somebody told me I could put my money in a bank and have that, who's signing up with me, right? 
You see, Haven Community Church in the early years, God reminded me of that passion and dream, and that's something that we rekindle here today. We rekindle that dream, and ultimately it's simply this. When we chase that rabbit around the track, I will never be satisfied making, um, making a name or a dollar for myself when my purpose is to make a difference. It's greater to make a difference in others in your life. You are here to make a difference in others' lives. That is what Jesus did, and he handed that mission off to us. And guess what? It is not weighty. It is awesome. All you have to do is look at those faces of those opening those Operation Christmas Child boxes. All you have to do is look at those kids. And trust me, in Haiti, they never smile. It's not like they're miserable. They never smile at cameras. But they are happy because they are fed. And they're fed because you are answering the call of Jesus Christ. So you can leave here today and you can be happy that I, that as a church, we are on the mission. Oh, but we can do so much more. We can do so much more. I always think about the movie of Schindler's List. When Oscar Schindler was at that end, and he saved all those lives, and he died broke and bankrupt. And at that last end of the scene, he has that pen. He said, this could have gotten more lives. This could have gotten more. You see, he understood his purpose and plan for his life, and he saved generations of people. My question to you today is, can you do more? Can we as a church do more? Are there more in this world the 4 million that have no clue who Jesus is. Can we do more? The 27 million that woke up today in, in tr human trafficking. Can we do more? Oh, can, is there, the, mil the billions of people who ha don't have anything to live on. Can we do more? The simple answer, I'm going to give you the answer to this. I'm a professor too and I don't give answers to death, but I'm going to give you this one. The answer is yes. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. That's what's next, his spirit and where he leads us. Let's stand and let's worship a good God. Let's worship a good father. Let's worship the one who called us to this. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we are so thankful, so thankful for your calling on this journey. God, for those of us who don't know you, who don't have that intimate relationship, let us start there. We may need to know you, may say, Lord, I know about you, but today I want to know you intimately in my life and my heart. I want you to come into my life, Lord Jesus. And when I have that, God, you know the stuff that I have. You know the relationships I've been in. You know the hurt that I've had. And Lord, help me remind that when you took it up on the cross, you took each of those things and freed me from it if I just received freedom. And who you set free is free indeed. And God, help me to learn to discover my purpose in all the many ways that we are going to introduce and have in this church so that we can go ahead and know our purpose. And why do we want to know our purpose? Just not for knowledge, but God, so that we can make a difference in this world. Because I want my life to be greater than my life. I want my life to mean more than just me. I want to make a difference in the lives. I want to make a difference in those. That God, I'm going to, I'm going to pray and be excited when I'm filling boxes for Operation Christmas Child. Because I know, and I know that when somebody receives that, that they are also going to come to know you. And that one day, just one day, I may be sitting somewhere. I know it's going to be in heaven, but one day somebody may come up to me and say, um, did you give? We say, yeah. I say, that made a difference in my life. Oh, God, let us not forget the things that we consider little and meaningless that are huge to someone else's life. God, we pray for peace in Haiti so we can join together on this earth with our brothers and sisters that are part of this ministry that you've called Haven Community Church. We love them. We love the fact that other churches are loving them and we love the fact that you are doing something amazing in this area and that, God, you are good. 
I thank you for Pastor Oog, who could be doing something else in his life, but yet, Lord, he cares about a community, cares so much that he brings uh, some children into his house and raises them as own because the family can't. God, help us to learn from him. Help us to love him more. How, and, and for him to just be at peace knowing what his wife is facing. God, help us make it happen so that he has, never has to worry about that. But he can just say the goodness of God took care of it. For us here and those in our community, let us not forget, forget our Jerusalems, let our, those people that we love that are right around us. Let us not be judge, jury, and prosecutor, but God, let us be the witness of the goodness of you in our lives. For our Judeas and Samaria, God, you've used us in homelessness. You've used us in addiction. God, we say, what's next? Open the door. And in all things, we just want to praise you until this breath gives up its last, last uh, air. God, use me. Get me out of the way. Get me totally out of the way and let me focus on you. For God, there's somebody who's, this is their first week in this church and God's called you to something and he's telling you right now. There's somebody in the sound of my voice that in the next few weeks or years is going to find something that's going to change the world. And I believe it in my heart of hearts because God, you gave me a vision of a church. I had no clue what I was doing. I still don't. But I know who has called us to this. God, have your way with me and every single one of us. Let us not get caught in the nonsense of this world. But let's focus on loving you and others. We claim this in Jesus' mighty, precious name. Amen.
taking all I have and now I'm laying it at your feet you'll have every failure God you'll have every victory Ooh, oh, you Again, we do have a couple more weeks in our small groups. If you'd like to connect, we'd I know people would love to have you out there, love to connect you more. We have some of the books, I think, still out there. Um, Debbie will be out here and she'll have, or be around and we'll have some. Um, we're going to start a, a new series, even though we're continuing with some of our groups. It, it kind of fits, and God laid on my heart, we're going to talk about generosity. Um, tis the season, right? Um, but we're going to talk about a heart of generosity that continues um, throughout this building up to this holiday season. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas and all that good stuff. All right? And most of all, have a good week. Be generous on your way out and tell somebody, have a great week.